great to see you this morning. Now, I love Marvel films, okay? I, I'm into all that. I quite enjoy it. And me and Naomi have a connection. We both enjoy Marvel stuff, okay? So there's a little clip now. I get excited about the next film, you see. So I've been, like, searching to see what is next. But this is what I found on YouTube, okay? It only takes about 50 seconds. So please look at the screen. I'm going to speak about that a little, a little bit in a moment. But what we get with the Avengers, like, there was a big end game film very recently. And, of course, you've got all the superheroes involved, okay? So you've got a few. You've got Captain America, Captain Marvel, the Hulk, Spider-Man, and all these people. Black Panther, Iron Man, Thor, Doctor Strange, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, okay? And all these here are, like, heroes of this pretend kind of world, okay? Now then, and, of course, what, the, what I think these makers try to do is try and make you... Um, see like the hero qualities in each of these people but they're not they don't always get it right they have little quirkinesses about them as well and i think it's fantastic now i relate to one in particular ant-man i love ant-man <laughs> ant-man can go big and he can go small as well he's gonna he's quite a funny guy as well i like that about him it's really good he also loves sugar all right, so we've got a bit of a connection there, so I love Ant-Man, okay? But there's no more Marvel pl uh, films planned for a little while, okay? So what you've just seen now is an advert for The Void. And when the girl says, suit up and step in, it's a virtual reality um, connection, right? You can go and have a day's experience where you pretend to be um, suited up and in this world, okay, where you can be a hero, all right, and, and take on the enemies of the world, okay? So I thought it'd be a great way of helping us understand this morning that we are the heroes in the world that we live in. God has created us for a purpose and a reason to, to know him and to love him. And I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like a hero. But, you know, God has given us the like, opportunity and the responsibility of expressing his love and his blessings and his grace in the world that we live in. Isn't that a great responsibility? And do you know what? He even knows that, uh, that we fail and we make mistakes. And he knows that already. But still, God's love and grace is given to us to continue in our lives, recognizing that actually we are heroes through Jesus and in him. And Paul wrote in, in Ephesians, he, he gave a little insight to the church in Ephesus and the believers there that, you know, like this virtual reality world, that there is a world, the physical world that we see around us, but there's things going on in the heavenlies and in the spiritual realms which we don't actually see with our physical eyes, but Paul wants us to understand and recognize that as human beings, there's a spiritual element to our lives where we're in this, like, battle of good and evil, but we know that good wins, but we feel and experience evil in our day-to-day -day life as well, because that's how the world is at the moment, but there's a great love and a great grace of God who gives us free will to choose yes and no, right from wrong, etc., etc. So Paul unpacks this for us humans, the reality of the world that we live in. So, this part of the talk today, so we've been doing a year of growing, if you, if you remember, a year to grow in our lives, in our characters, in our experiences of God, an opportunity to grow in God. And this morning, what I wanted to talk about is how we can grow in resilience, how we can grow in resilience in our lives. What does resilience mean? Well, it's like the capacity to be able to recover from difficulties and tough experiences. Has anyone here, just by showing your hands, ever experienced a tough, difficult situation? I think a lot of us pretty much have, okay? Now, we recognize that these things just don't go away, and we can't like, pretend that they never happen or these things don't happen, but there's a resilience 
that God wants to instill within our hearts for when those tough times come along. There's a great book here written by Gordon MacDonald, and the little um, phrase which, which is written in the book there is this. It makes little difference how fast you can run the 100 meters when the race is 400 meters long. Life is not a sprint. It is a distance run, and it demands the kind of conditioning that enables people to go the distance. You know this morning that God wants to help us go the distance that we're not just sprinting and burning out straight away, but God helps us to last the whole journey of life. And when the difficulties come along, that we don't just crash and burn and that's it for life, even though we may face those actual physical experiences, but there is a grace of God that helps us get up off our feet again and to move on into the next chapter. And those chapters of difficulty can last, you know, a moment in time, they can last a season in time, they can last a couple of years, they can last a little bit longer, but God helps us in those seasons to grow a resilience in our lives. I was um, meeting a, a friend, a new friend of mine, just a couple of weeks ago, and we had a coffee together, and we were experiencing and chatting about how in life uh, we'd, we'd learned that difficulties do come along, and, we, and there's challenges that come along, but as human beings, we've kind of grown in them and we've allowed God to shape our hearts and help us understand and get a background and a feel for how these things can happen and how can we recover from those experiences. And I must say that from being a Christian as a, as a late teenager and you have this confidence and you're unbeatable and God is answering all these things, but then as you get older, you start experiencing more challenges and things coming along your way and it is important that we grow in character in those times, that we allow God to help us and to shape us. Now, when I was a youngster, I didn't realize that I'd find disappointment when I didn't make the grade in a certain um, career opportunity. I always thought I was going to be a professional footballer. And when I was a teenager and I had a few professional trials and all, I thought, yeah, this is going to plan. This is how you know, life is going to pan out for me. And then by the age of 17, I realized, actually, no, no one has actually signed me. I'm not going to be a professional footballer. So, you know, God, but God was at work, and that was the year I became a Christian, okay? So things don't always go to plan. Then, perhaps if you're a single person, you'd like to get married one day, and you get married one day, then you realize, oh, I can't live a selfish life anymore because there's other people to consider, and that can be a challenge. What about when a family member becomes unwell or a family member passes away? How do we cope with that? How do we deal with grief? How do we get through that? How do we deal with someone who's going to be ill for a, for a, for a period of time? What is our response to that? Because things aren't rosy anymore, are they? What if a friend decides that they don't want to walk your walk anymore and they walk away and do something else and lives grow apart? You know, how do we experience with that? How do we, does that experience affect us? It's rarely a quick fix, but God helps us to grow in stature in those times, to, to, to move on from that to help us to grow, to deal with disappointment and discouragement and grief and concern. So God does want to help us in those difficult times. So, and as a loving parent, we have children, we've experienced the physicality and the um, spirituality of bringing up children. We, you know, we've seen it and we, we're, we're still doing it now. As a loving parent, I understand that I want the best for my children, and God I know wants the best for us, and he sees you know, the difficulties and situations that we fa face. So God's loving heart 
is something that is so important to us because God is love. And that is something that he wants to develop in our lives. So God's love can help us in the trials that we might endure. Okay, so I just want to move into Ephesians chapter 6, which I'm going to base my kind of talk about this morning, okay? And it says this. I did the first part, the end of July, the first three bits. So now I'm going to do the, se- the second three bits, okay? Great. Now then, if that made sense. Okay, so here are the verses. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Great verses, isn't it? Helps us to see, you know, what life can come, you know, what can come our way in life, but how we can be ready to stand against the things which, you know, the enemy can bring into our experiences. So the purpose of this, which Paul wrote, is to strengthen the believers in Ephesus. And the kind of theme of of Ephesians, really, is to unpack the believer's riches in Christ. In Ephesians 1 and 3, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we can know these spiritual blessings, not that they're like far off and we get them and we die and we, you know, we, we know, face God face to face and we're in heaven, but that we can know the spiritual blessings of God in our existence today, living with it, knowing it, experiencing God's love. So Paul took the opportunity to remind the reader of what great privileges and blessings are found in Christ. So what are the key benefits of a relationship with God through Jesus? Well, here's a few. First of all, the word blessing in Ephesians 1.3, the translation of the Greek word eulogy, means this, to speak well of. So in this verse, it is God doing the action of blessing. So God has spoken good things, has spoken well of, has pronounced good things into people's lives, into us, that he has spoken good things into us. He sees us and he loves us. So one of the things, I'm going to just quickly go through these things. What are these spiritual blessings? Well, first of all, like it's your election as saints. Julia may have spoken about this pretty recently, actually, but... It says this in the verses here, in verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in sight, in love. So God has chosen us to make us holy and blameless all because of his love, his good pleasure, and his grace, his free gift. Are we getting the sense of God's love and grace towards us? Adoption as children, he grants us full status as children with all the family benefits. Says this in John. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So God loves us. He has grace. He calls us his children. We're we're accepted and beloved. So this is like related to grace, the idea and the truth in the fact that we're we're gracefully favored through Christ. As we are in Christ, the Father sees 
his loveliness in us. These are all spiritual blessings, aren't they great? Aren't they good? We have these spiritual blessings in Christ, that we are redeemed through Jesus, that the price is paid where we sin and where we fail and where we fall over and make mistakes and get it wrong. Even in those things, God sent Jesus, he died on the cross to replace, you know, the sin that we have done, and he dealt with it there on the cross. So that is another blessing that God gives to us, that we are redeemed through Jesus. We have forgiveness of sins. We no longer have the burden of guilt for violating God's laws. This is another spiritual blessing. Knowing the mystery of his will. Isn't it weird that sometimes, you know, that we have to, like, reconnect our minds to who God is and what may his will want for our lives. And sometimes we can go off on our own path and do what we want and all the rest of it. And we miss out on the great things that God has for us. Knowing the mystery of God's will, aligning ourselves with him by faith, we become part of his perfect plan and purpose. There's others, there's inheritance in 1 Corinthians 2.9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. I can't wait to see what God does for us. I can't wait. Because I don't be able, sometimes I get really, you know, annoyed with what happens in this world. And I don't want to, like, fast forward my life, and I don't want to enjoy the moment and, you know, do and get involved in all that God has. But I'm so looking forward to what God has for us. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. There's going to be no more grieving and sin and anger and ah, whatever the world brings. It's going to be good, isn't it? So that's another blessing, inheritance, and nothing can take that away from us. We have the Holy Spirit, God's mark of ownership on us, the guarantee of eternal security. There's other things that the Bible talks about. We're laborers with God, we're ambassadors, we're the bride of Christ, where we experience the peace that passes all understanding. We, We heard about that this morning. We have assurance that nothing can separate us from God's love. All these are great spiritual blessings which we can know on a day-to-day basis. And that is fantastic. And Paul nails this in Ephesians. Okay? He really gets to grips with it. And he addresses even further then in chapter 6 the work of the enemy who strategizes to rob us of these spiritual blessings. The enemy doesn't like the fact that we're sons of God and daughters of God and we live by grace and we have forgiveness and we can enjoy life and know the freedom of God. The enemy doesn't like that. He wants to bring the opposite. He wants to make, you know, a disconnect with God and to live selfishly. And these are the spiritual attacks. And the, the, the enemy will want to speak lies into our lives and tell us we're not worthy and we're not good enough. And we can't do this, we can't do that. We're not qualified for this, we're not qualified for that. Those are the enemy's lies and tactics of the enemy. So he wants to bring difficulties and oppression our way. So what does Paul say in these verses? Well, he says this, put on the full armor of God so that when you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we can put on our spiritual reality glasses, our God vision. We can take notice of some ways we can resist the enemy's strategy. So that little clip at the start of, of the meeting this morning where you go into a virtual reality world and we put on those goggles and all around us is very different now. God calls us to have spiritual reality in our lives that we can see with a vision of God. We can understand when things are going difficult. We know how to pray and we know how to live and we know how to have faith. 
So it says this in these last few verses, and what I'm going to speak on for the rest of the talk. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So that's kind of like the start of the talk and building up a little bit now. So what I'm going to do now is just quickly talk about three things which will help us build resilience in our lives. Are we ready for that? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're still looking lovely this morning. <laughs> right, okay. Still smiling, well done. So the first one. Three ways of living resilient lives. Number one. Def- one way to defend ourselves is to put up a shield of faith in our lives. I think my eyesight is going. So, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Isn't that fantastic? That's great advice. There you see a picture of the Roman tortoise formation, okay? So that is very interesting. So, the shield back in the day would be two foot wide by four foot high, wood covered with tough leather, held before the soldier to be protected against spears and arrows and flaming um, darts. Edges were designed to interlock with the soldiers either side, so a line of soldiers with interlocked shields could march towards the enemy like a solid, unbroken wall. So this thing about having your personal shield, but also a team shield together. So we get this impression that our shield of faith is an individual response, but also it's even stronger when linked with other Christians. So when we lift up a shield of faith, we do it individually, and we do it as a team. Isn't that good? That's fantastic. So that is a great way to consider how to raise up a shield of faith. Peter wrote, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So we're reminded that we do suffer and Christians do suffer, but together and as individuals, we can stand in faith and resist the attack of the enemy. And this faith mentioned here in this verse is a living faith that would encourage to experience the strength of God and fully utilize and know his mighty power. So we're not like mamsy-pamsy when it comes to dealing with the attack of the enemy. We stand in strength and we stand against the enemy's schemes. And we hold on to faith, and we lift up faith in our hearts and in our spirits, because the enemy is not going to be winning this war. We, you know, Jesus has already done that, and we are the victors, so that is fantastic. But we may experience difficult battles in our experience, but as we, as people, lift up a shield of faith, and as a group, we lift up a shield of faith, the enemy's attacks can come to nothing. And that is good, and that is the first part of resilience. Now then, have you ever experienced a dodgy dream? A dream where it is full on. A dream where like, you're in the middle of reality, and it is horrible. Have you ever experienced that? Am I on my own? Two weeks ago, right, I had this really heavy dream. Strong, threatening, it was horrible. I'm going to explain it a little bit. Like, Don't get too scared. I won't go too graphic, but it was scary. I was on top of a castle very high up. I don't like heights. That's a bad start. And at the top, there was this metal bars, and it was like, it was the vents of the castle, and I was up there to survey how to fix it, because if this thing comes loose, it's going to land on people below. So I was there to find out how to fix this thing. I thought, this is a little bit of my depth. I'm very high up. This is scary. And look at the, the drop. Then all of a sudden, I was 
transported down to the bottom of the castle. I thought, oh, oof, that's a relief. But then, oh, and for some reason, I saw Kevin Costner in the dream. <laughs> but I was Kevin Costner, <laughs> right? So there's serious bits, but there's weird bits in between. I'll explain. So I knew I had to do a good job at all costs. Then I was transported to the bottom of the building, and, and when, if you imagine, do you know Plantasia? So Plantasia is like, you're outside, but you're indoors, yeah. right? That's the feel. So there's like openings, but I knew I was like shielded, and there was something going on. Soon as I got to the bottom of the castle, I looked up, there's a dog in the distance. And do you know that feeling when you think, is that going to be a nice dog, or is that going to be an angry dog? That was the feeling I had, and I'm dream this is a dream. Right? So, the dog doesn't come near me, but he doesn't go further away. So then I start walking, and have you ever been to a supermarket, or with someone, and you get lost, and then you're going down every aisle, looking for them, and they've disappeared into some other world? <laughs> so, in my dream, I'm doing that, but every time I look up the aisle, there's this dog following me. And I get into the end, and there's, I can see the exit. Oh, thank goodness, there's the exit. And as I get to the last aisle, the dog is running towards me, like that. So I get out of there quick, and then there's another bloke outside who comes in. And I thought, all the best, mate, I'm out there. <laughs> I get outside, all right? And what happens when I get outside is there's people. There's people walking around, and I'm outside now, and there's like little, it's like a park, but like an old ancient park, not like a park, you know, a nice park. It's like an old ancient park with old trees and all this kind of stuff. And um, I saw these, like, four... There was people around, and I saw these four people with just, like, a plain look on their face, okay? And they were, like, a younger kind of group. And um, as I looked at them and made eye contact with them, their, their demeanour changed. And they, like, turned into, like, the demons. They went blue. Their eyes went bulging, and they had, like, sharp teeth. And they were all scruffily dressed, reminding me of some friends from Flanessi I used to have. <laughs> but... I like, I'm making fun of this now, but I was like scared, okay, in my dream, I was really scared. And um, they started following me, and I was like trying to get away from them, and I was really freaking out. Not that, like in a bad way, but inside I was freaking out. And they were approaching me, and I was going back and back and back, and I got to this tree, and I couldn't go any further. And this one last like demon thing came towards me with a skateboard and a weapon in their hands, and I was like freaking out. And do you know what happened next? I was woken up to Sean laughing in bed. <laughs> All right? Because in my dream, I was making high-pitched noises like this. Ooh! Ooh! Like a, a female ghost. So I went through this very stressful dream. I was woken up to my wife laughing at me in bed. And i got to say... I was scared in this dream, and I woke up, and I was, like, shaking, and I was, like, freaked out. It's like, you know, I feel as if I'm quite a resilient, strong person, but this had got to me, all right? And my wife laughing was, like, the final... <laughs> broke me. <laughs> but anyway, when I did wake up from that very stressful, traumatic event in my life, I found myself praying to God. I found myself praying to God that in whatever circumstances, Lord, whatever comes my way in life, I trust you, and I love you, and I'm grateful for your love, and I'm grateful for your grace, 
and I'm grateful for your protection, and I know when things don't go right in life, I know you are a God who loves me, who is careful, who brings grace into my heart, who cares for me, and I have a future to look forward to, and I have an eternity to know your love in my life, and I'm thankful to you, Lord. So, if we ever feel like threatened like that, like in real life, okay, let's just remember that we have a God who loves us and cares for us, and the reality is that he, he just wants to help us understand his love and grace in our lives. And what is good as well, it doesn't always remain like that in our dreams. Sometimes we get good dreams, don't we? And I've mentioned before, I just want to tell you about a good dream I had. My old friend, Peter Miller from Carl Sonic, he was a, an engineer with me. I once dreamt that me and him were swimming through a giant strawberry trifle. <laughs> and I told him about this, and he'd give me a strange look, but then he started laughing. And you think custard, cream, sprinkled chocolates, swimming through it, just eat as you go along. So it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> okay, so make the most of those dreams, is all I'm saying. Okay, so to put up the shield of faith is to prevent the enemy's fiery darts getting in and causing us damage, okay? So we actively put up a shield. We're active in our faith and in our trust. Now, this is a picture. I'm going to take you back to my early teenage years. That's me um, with just the bather on and a full ice uh, lollipop. That is my middle brother, Leon, who has already dived into his ice cream uh, lollipop, and he's halfway through it, okay? So Leon and I, there's three years between us, also have another younger brother, Alex, who's another three years behind that. But I used to love playing darts in my bedroom. Just enjoy it. Bosh, it was a good dart for that. And you know, like, younger brothers can be really annoying, can't they? All right? And um, I was trying to play darts, enjoy myself, and he would just sit there on the end of my bed. He wasn't, you know, cute and nice, I guess, and he was, like, really annoying. And he was sitting on the end of my bed, said, Leaps, Leaps used to call him, was his nickname, Leaps, my younger brother, Ainge, his real name is Alex, but my mother said one day, um, oh, where's my little angel? And from then, Ainge stuck, okay? So that's nice, isn't it? So Ainge, but this is Leaps. So I was playing darts against my, my bedroom wall, and Leon was there on the end of my bed, said, Leaps, you need to move now, because if this dart jumps out and hits you, then you'd be crying and whatever, yeah. So move it. No, he wouldn't move, okay? Next dart, through hit the wire, bounced out, hit them right between his toes. <laughs> Classic. Right between his big toe and his next toe, right in the skin between his toe. He was like, I told you. <laughs> Loved it. Anyway. <laughs> he moved. He moved. <laughs> but, you know, darts can cause damage. Darts are sharp. And he put himself in the line of danger to try and warn him, you know what I mean? So in life, fiery darts can come our way, which we don't ask for, but also we can put ourselves in fiery dart situations, can't we? So let's be wise with our decision-making in life. Um, we're encouraged to walk by faith and not by sight in Corinthians. And, um, and we can put it like this, that we live by faith and not by sight. So we approach our, our life's walk, putting our trust in God and in his ways, rather than living by a world perspective. So therefore, as we learn to live more and more by faith, we become more and more resilient to the fiery darts. So let's get up our shields of faith to resist the fiery darts of the enemy in our lives. So trusting in God and living faith is an active way of defending ourselves against the enemy's attacks, all right? So that's the first 
point of resilience. The second way we can defend ourselves is to take upon us the helmet of salvation. Now, Sean has listened to and read a lot of the work by the American speaker and author Joyce Meyer. Now, she released a best-selling book called Battlefield of the Mind. And this book strapline says, it helps readers change their lives by improving their thoughts. Worry, doubt, confusion, depression, anger, and feelings of condemnation can all be acts on the mind. Now, I'm not sure how we feel about that, but I kind of, yeah, I understand that, okay? And we, I just want to mention that is because our mind can be a battlefield, can't it? It can be, there can be a lot going on in our heads and in our minds. And in a world where we're exploring a lot more now, I believe, our mental health and mental well-being, any good advice is beneficial in the battles that we face, isn't it? So the things that are out there to help us in our journey. And Paul reminds us that some of the mind attacks that come away do come from a bad source, but there's a way we can defend ourselves from attack, which is a relief because, you know, that means we're not without hope and we're not in a hopeless situation when we're in those times and in those periods in our lives. So the helmet refers to the mind that's strongly influenced or controlled by God. Now, control might seem like a bit robotic, but it's more to the point that we are, are looking at our challenges in and through God. So like the, the mind, you know, the helmet of salvation, we take on the thought of God that we're protected by him and we bring our mind and our thoughts in line with him and in his teaching and in his words and in our experiences. And headship talks about like le- leadership and direction. So we take responsibility in our minds and in our thinking to give God the leadership in our minds and in our thinking. So when those attacks do take place, it's like we're being responsible in them. Now, I know that you know, it can be difficult, and I know family members who have struggled with different things going on with, with mental stuff, so I have personal experience from it. So, when we allow God's influence and truth to affect our minds, it's much harder for a mind attack to take place because we're exercising the truth of God in our lives, okay? We're exercising that muscle of taking on the helmet of salvation. And the key to unlocking this knowing truth and knowing the Bible as as God's word is to be students of scripture so that we put knowledge into action so it becomes wisdom in our lives. So we don't just know things, but we being wise in what we know, you know? And uh, I find it helpful sometimes to match a Bible verse with a picture or an action. Now then, it's amazing that this verse cropped up a couple of times this morning, because this is a key one that comes to my mind, all right? And it says this from 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now the reason I got those pictures there is sometimes simple prayers are very good, and I like to picture what I'm praying at times. So one way I look at it is like cricket, and like if you can imagine like... um, you know, this ball coming towards you and it's anxiety and it's a difficulty and it's, it's going to want to stick to you. Like that cast in a way is like deflecting, deflecting the enemy's thoughts and attacks, deflecting the fiery darts, like a batsman deflects the ball away in cricket. So I understand that. I've played cricket, so I get it. So stuff that I don't need to be dealing with, or I, you know, I shouldn't let that rest in my heart, I can deflect away. So that's one way. A non-stick frying pan is another way. Matthew bought me a non-stick frying pan the other day because I'm hopeless at making fried eggs. He bought me a little dinky one with that big, so you can't get it wrong. Thank you, Matthew. All right? But non-stick, you know, when you, when you mess it up, you know when you fry it and you mess it up and it's stuck to the pan and you've got to wash it like for five minutes and it sticks to you. It's really annoying, isn't it? Like porridge that burns every morning or... You know, bits of egg that burn onto the pan. You can't get rid of it. Well, I believe this casting our anxiety on God is like, 
God doesn't want those things to stick to us. Our anxiety, you know, we do, he doesn't want us carrying that all the time. So let's have that little non-stick effect when we come to giving it over to God. And then another one I think of is fishing. I've fished before. And when you fish, you've got like all your tackle on the end of, the, of, of, of your rod and you've got your line and all that. Any fishers here? Jeff, I can see you right in line. You're a catcher now, right? But you cast your tackle out and you get rid of it and you send it flying and it's not really your power because all the rod is doing the work for you and you fling it and you know physics takes over and it goes flying away far from you you know that is the way I kind of process casting anxiety onto Jesus that we bat it away or we don't let it stick or we cast it you know with our rods so maybe you've got different verses and there's different ways you can picture putting into practice these things so we can choose to cast away our burdens and to revel in the love of God. So it's an active uh, prayer that we're taking place. That is taking place. And then I know lots of people like I mentioned just now, like who have suffered from like depression, and it is a suffering. It's it's not nice at all. And we can all have moments, I believe, of like down times and difficult times, or feelings of low self-worth, or difficulty to cope, or. You know, we're often on the edge or lacking in energy or down or there's other kind of symptoms that take place and some people go through seasons of depression or moments of depression or, you know, lifetimes of depression. And these are things, you know, which often attack our minds. You know, there could be 200 people here today all sitting down and each of us have got so many things going on in our mind, different experiences, different things we may struggle with, different things we're looking forward to. But, you know, God knows, knows about it all. He knows about it all. And he does want to help us in those things. So when we come to like putting a helmet of salvation upon our heads, he talks about our mind and our thinking, is to really know and experience that love of God in our lives, even when we're in those difficult, tough times and dark places. That underlying all that, there's a loving Father who loves us and cares for us and wants to help us in each of our days. And we may look and get help from certain sources it's good to see the GP and explain how we are and get counseling or medication at times. But sometimes it's like seasons and, like I said, and times and moments. And a good place to be is in the presence of God. So when we are getting help from whatever avenue we get help from, and it does help us, that God gets that opportunity as well to speak into our spirits, speak into our hearts, and that we're not on our own. One enemy's tactic is to make us think that we're on our own, where we're the only one going through this, that there's nobody out there who can help, and that is a lie. And that is a lie, because there are other people out there who suffer, and there's the love of God who is for everyone, and that is an important truth to remember this morning, that God does amazing things in our thinking and in our minds. And when the battle is going on and raging... He is there, standing in the midst. So, let's allow truth to infiltrate our thinking and our actions this morning. There's some verses here which I've just written down there for us to read very quickly. From Psalm 3.3 there. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and lift of my head. John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 16, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Proverbs 12, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. 
whether we're experiencing times of tribulation or difficulty at the moment, let's remember to put on the helmet of salvation this morning. And going back, let me take you back to 2002, okay? Now, there is an England football top, all right? The white top in the middle there is the home England kit. That's David Beckham. He was number seven in those days. But can you see the red and the blue navy top down there? That was a, a reversible top that they brought out in 2002. I bought one of them, Simon Brown. Me, a Welshman who supports Wales, bought an English football top. Do you appreciate that? Wise, Wise yes. <laughs> I was going through a phase of my life there where I was trying to show love to my neighbours. All right? So, and I did. And I wore it on a good one or two occasions. <laughs> but the difference between home and away, okay, is in football and in sports, you have a great advantage when you're playing at home. People are for you, fans are for you. There's a great kind of, I'm at home here, I'm secure, and I'm safe. I just want to encourage us this morning that in our lives, we're playing in front of a home crowd. We're playing in front of a home crowd. God is for us, he loves us. The church is people. We, we support one another, we go for, we're for one another. And that is a great advantage to live in. So when we feel discouraged or down or on our own, let's remember that we're in a team together. We're playing in front of a home crowd. Our life is being played out before God was for us and was with us. So another way of building resilience in our lives is to think with the mind of Christ that we belong to him, we know his salvation. And to put on that protective helmet of salvation, we're experiencing the truth of God's words in our lives. And then finally, just before closing, the last way to defend ourselves is to take up the sword of the Spirit. In verse 17 it says this, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So the word represents the offensive weapon that God has given us to be used in the attack of the enemy. So a Roman soldier would have had a short sword attached to his girdle for up-close combat. So when it gets personal, and when it gets close and we're on one-to-one, -one, he has this sword to, you know, attack with. And the sword of the Spirit, which talks about the Word of God, the Bible, the truth, you know, and it's not just words, it's our, our experience in life, it's our understanding that we can take that and use it as an attack against the enemy. So we're not just, you know, having to defend all the time, but actually we can attack the enemy when he comes to bring things our way, all right? And in, um, in football teams, okay, apologies for another football illustration, but that's the way my mind goes, all right? There's different positions on a football pitch. You've got your forwards, you've got your midfielders, and you've got your defenders. So your defenders defend the goal, the attackers try and score against the other team, but the midfielders should be able to do both, attack and defend. So as a group, you know, we can be, develop that midfield mindset in our lives that we can defend against the enemy, we can attack the enemy through what God has given us and those kind of things. And finally, Jesus in the wilderness, who was tempted by Satan, he used like scripture and truth to combat the advances of uh, the enemy against him when he was in, you know, when he fasted and the enemy brought these like challenges to Jesus. And these are the three responses that Jesus spoke out. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And you see what Jesus did there? He reiterated the truth of the Father, of belonging to him, of worshiping only him. 
So he was reminding the enemy, this is the truth, these are the facts, this is where I stand. And today, you know, we can be the same. We can take up that same attitude that Jesus had there to, you know, repel the attacks of the enemy and to be on the front foot because God gives us that ability. So finally, we do belong to the victorious team and whether, like in sports, sometimes the teams win or they lose in different seasons, let's remember that our eternal position is victory. And there's a way we can build resilience in our lives when the tough times come and that we can grow in God, that we can mature in him together and as individuals. Okay, so that's that for this morning. Let's close our eyes and I shall pray to finish. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, Lord, for your help in our lives that we can know your peace and your help, Lord, in times of Um, trials and in times of difficulties and in seasons where things haven't gone quite the way that we planned. And we ask for your help in those times, Lord. We ask for your help that even when we can't like flick a switch to fix things or when we can't say a word or do something that changes the situation, we know, Lord, that, that we can trust in you, that we can have a shield of faith, that we can live with faith, live in truth, that we can put a helmet of protection upon our heads, the truth that you love us, that we are saved by your saving grace, and that we do have a sword of the Spirit, Lord, that those words that are in the Bible there aren't just words for us, Lord. They're the reality of life for us, and we thank you for those things, Lord. So I pray that you help us this morning. Grow us and develop us, Lord. We give ourselves to you this morning. I pray that you help us. In Jesus' name, amen.